Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Cool Kids Lunch Table Podcast with PJ and Mike. Now, please find yourself a seat at their table. Hey, guys. I'm Mike. I'm PJ. And today, we're going to be discussing and reviewing Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. And just an overview of Christopher Nolan's films. We're not ranking them. We're just going to discuss his, uh, kind of his catalog briefly. But yeah, I'm going to review Oppenheimer. I saw it uh, this past week. So I'm kind of excited to... I know, PJ, you have not seen it yet, but... I'm, I have not seen it yet. I, I would like to see it. The mm-hmm. only reason I, I haven't seen it yet is I struggle to pay for Christopher Nolan movies because I find myself disappointed more often than not. Right, right. So that's why this is right. So I'm... I'm, ha- I'm and folks, later um, in our... Uh, in the future, I should say, we're going to be doing more of a, a ranking of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy and other stuff, too. So that's in the later, later in the future. But for today, we're going to just talk about Oppenheimer style. Cue him. Cue Gundam style. <laughs> Open Gangnam Style. <laughs> I saw that. That's, I, I, I thought of that. And all of a sudden, like everyone else is doing. I guess we all, all great minds think alike with that kind of a uh, thing. But PJ, we always start off with a childhood memory. So, what was the first Christopher Nolan movie you the saw? First Nolan movie that I saw was one of his earlier ones, actually. Um, uh, it was Memento. Yep. I think I don't know if that was his first movie or not. It may have been. I think it was his first movie that got like, um, like that's I guess his first one that got with the studio because the first right. was like his independent film and I think it got like a little yep. bit, it's called Following, <laughs> so I guess it got a following and that basically. Uh, I, and I actually did like Memento quite a lot. It's I thought it was an interesting premise. The you know the guy can't remember everything. He's trying to find out who killed him, but I thought that was a, a very interesting premise for the movie. Um, so yeah, I, I did like that movie. It it all went downhill for me after that, but I, I do I do <laughs> like that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I saw Christopher Nolan's uh, Memento first. Actually, our, our mutual friend, uh, his name was Dan. He was saying like, "Yo, we got I heard about this movie. It's actually played backwards," and I was very intrigued. I remember I saw it. I was like, "Whoa, this is good." I remember watching. I, I saw it with Dan. Yeah, we yeah. might have all seen it at the same Together, time. Yeah, very and I remember. I remember watching, I was like, oh, wow, this is just really interesting. I never yeah. seen anything like that in the movie the way it was told. But, um, yeah, I mean, he went off to, you know, really, you know, obviously, he's one, in my opinion, one of the best directors or, um, and I, maybe, I, I think it's clear that you know, I made me a big fan of him. But I think he's, for me, I think he's one of the, maybe the last directors where, like, people go to the theaters just to see his movie, kind of like a Quentin or a Spielberg or a, even a David Fincher kind of type, you know. So um, he, he definitely has a big following. I, I will say that. And I think from a technical standpoint, he is a good filmmaker. I, I from a, from a very technical standpoint, yep. I would say he is, he is a good filmmaker. He does employ a lot of interesting techniques when he, uh, when he makes his movies, he has a, a certain look and feel to them. That's instantly recognizable. Yeah. Um, his movies certainly look polished and professional. I would, I would say that, um, so that that is not where my negatives come from, but I'll go into why I I dislike him after we get through your review of, yeah. of Oppenheimer, which I'm very interested to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to first off just saying this. I think sometimes I'm guilty of this. Sometimes we have to let things kind of like marinate, you know, like kind of like when you 
like listen to an album the first time you listen to it like oh maybe it's not as good so you gotta give it a re-list so maybe let your brain kind of process it you know and this was a kind of the same thing this you know pj and i a few weeks ago we reviewed a dial of destiny and that's some you know with indiana jones obviously that's a less intense film that's a little bit more movie you can kind of um you know kind of you know you know judge you know yeah if the first <laughs> scene you can you'll know how you feel about movies yeah like that. so you see it once and you have an idea of if it was yeah. good bad how you felt about it right so this is a three-hour movie um, that is all dialogue there is no uh, actors. you're not going to see the people of japan getting blown up to smithereens or anything there's no one carrying you never see a gun in this film nothing like this no nothing like that this is not that kind of movie so you think this is an action film you know um no way this is not that kind of film anyway so when i left the theater i actually saw this with my brother and sean um and for some of our our listeners if you don't know who those are that's my brother my friend our, our mutual friend now sean um anyway they if you're curious they uh were in our past episodes of back to the future and uh, the best 90s artists of the uh of that decade so uh check those out if you haven't already but i saw it with them and um when i left the theater i guess i, I gave the film like a 7.5 to an 8 out of 10 you know, but now letting it simmer, kind of like when a bomb goes off, let the, <laughs> you let the dust settle. <laughs> um, I, I, now I would give it like an 8.5 at a 9 at a 10. Wow, it went up to an 8.5. Yeah, because like, this 10. movie is like That's a high ranking for a movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, because it's look, like I said, this movie is it's really firing on all pistons. You know, and I have my my negatives of it, but I think it's. You know, definitely probably the best movie of the year. I mean, I haven't seen many. I mean, there's not much competition. I haven't seen, it was like Sound of Freedom, right? That's like the big one that's got a lot of momentum. There's been a few movies out this year, but not a lot of real big movies or anything that you would say is a movie of the year just yet. I'm sure this is in the running for that, just because it's probably the first big release that's not a comic book type of movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know later on we're going to talk about Barbie, Barbenheimer, but... um. You know, two obviously very different movies, but yeah, this movie is like I said, it's it's a really good movie. Like I said, I think after a couple of days now, like I'm like, you know what? It, that's like I said, like I said, I came out of this three-hour movie that was all dialogue, so you're listening. This is a thinking man's film. Like you got to be, you know, you can't be, you can't go in there. Like I wouldn't really recommend, you know, uh, eating popcorn. Like you got to pay attention. Like can't get distracted. You got to really pay attention. It's not difficult to. It's not like a hard storyline. It's just. You know, I guess I get a little into it. You know, with tip, in typical Nolan fashion, there's a lot of like time jumping. There's a lot of quick edits at certain points, so you really have to like kind of grasp. Um, just to kind of give you the plot, I'm sure most people know it, but just kind of give you things. So it's about Oppenheimer, basically. You know, the race to make the bomb before the Germans, you know, do it. And I guess the other there's another storyline. It's like a more of like a political hearing. Um, I can't remember the characters. Full name is Strauss. That's that's played by Robert Downey Jr. and um, kind of like about uh, Strauss wants to be become more into the political environment and he wants to get um, he wants to cut ties with Oppenheimer and he kind of wanted to discredit him and calls him a communist. That's like a whole hearing, you know. So, um, but anyway, like I said, it's a very dense uh, subject matter. You know what I mean? Um, and like I said, this is three hours of dialogue so it's um a lot of paying attention and everything so um let me just start with the bad is that okay pj i'm ready for the bad <laughs> i could already probably predict what i think is bad but that's right. you know. so what i think what i think what you know what makes the film challenging especially in the beginning i'll, I'll say the first half hour i'll say that um 
is like you're just like it's just you're like obviously they're kind of setting the it's not like this movie's not in linear you know so it's non-linear so you're jumping back and forth so the first like half hour you're jumping between like this court hearing you're also kind of finding like the like the origin story of Oppenheimer you see him kind of at college and and then how he gets it's like you know and kind of like Nolan fashion you kind of see the end of the movie at the beginning of the movie kind of thing you kind of want to find out what happens so that's not really a spoiler but um so this first half hour you're kind of like a little dizzy like whoa like for me anyway i was like because you're trying to like it's like almost three storylines because like i said at the beginning because you had this court hearing you know then you had this uh you know oppenheimer's origin story if you want to call it that and you know a quasi love story his kind of you know thing and um sprinkled in there and then you have you know and oppenheimer is cillian murphy yes yes yep yep i'll get into the acting he was awesome i gotta say the acting in this movie is insane um it's really great. Um, yeah, so that could be a little beginning, like crazy in the beginning, because it's very like, oh, whoa, you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot. It's trying to, you know. And I think sometimes that's what I think. Sometimes that's the, I think the negative. This goes for all filmmakers. When you, I think, for my opinion anyway, when you have a non-linear, when you have to jump back and forth, I think you almost need more dialogue to make things make more sense, you know? Right. Um, so I feel that kind of made the runtime a little bit longer, but um. The only person for me who can make a non-linear storyline work is Quentin. No, no one yes. else really can do it. Yes, and, exactly. Or certainly not to the, the level or degree that he can do it. Right. And his movies, even though they're told out of order, it feels it feels very right, like straightforward. You exactly. Know? His yep. Christopher Nolan don't feel like that. They really feel like you, you know you're. No, they're a struggle. I find them all to be a struggle to get them. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not uh, doesn't have that kind of flow like Quentin. That's a great example. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like some of the negatives. I'm not sure, and you know, if it was, it was the theater. I didn't see this in, in IMAX. That's number one. I just want people to know. But it still looked fine. All that crap. Um, sure, it might look better, you know, on an IMAX screen. But um, I feel like at times the music was almost overpowering the dialogue. You know what I mean? Like it was like the mixing. I know he's had issues in the past. You know, and I was going to say that's something that's been a critique of almost all of his movies going back to, I think, starting with Inception. Yeah. That's been a big critique. I know Han, I think it was Hans Zimmer that did Inception. Yep. He, had, mm-hmm. he had the big horn, and that's always something that, that yeah. comes out of his movies. Everyone always has that same critique. Yeah, and the music is not, the music is not pleasant. It's great. It was actually by, this. I think I didn't see Tenet, but it's by, I think it's believed by the same guy. His name's Ludwig uh, Gorasan. Um, so the music's great. It's, it's, it's good. You know, it gives it more of intensity for sure. Um, I just felt the mixing. I was like, like I said, I was really trying. Like you're already, like I said, it's like you're already trying to focus on this dense storyline, and then to make it even hard to hear, it was just like slightly yeah. frustrating. Um, also, like this is not a spoiler, but like between scenes, like um, there's like these hard cuts to like you see, you know, um, Killian Murphy thinking about something, and it cuts to like I wouldn't say it's like a bomb going off. I mean, sometimes it is, but it's also like I just call it like particles, you know, like it's supposed to get like. Right. <laughs> You know, but it's almost like a jump scare because, like, all of a sudden he's talking. So it's like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> so this woman actually next to me, an older woman, probably in her fifties, she was like, I, she like jumped out of her seat because, like, a couple of times in the film, it kind of cuts to like that, like, kind of right. surrealism and it was, like kind of jarring, you know. And it was like this at the theater I was at. This it was loud, you know, so it was super loud. Um, you know, I kind of feel this movie is a bit too long. You know, like I said, like I don't think there's like 
I'll, I'll say this. So there's a one point in the film where, like, I don't really want to spoil. I mean, yeah, the, you see the bomb go off. You don't it, – right. it's a test footage. It's like they're testing the bomb. They call it the Trinity test. That's when they, you know, they do a test. Right. So once that kind of happens, that's not – you know, like I said, that's not a major spoil. You knew that already. But then I guess almost like it's like a um, – like you almost – like I knew I'm like, okay, we got to finish this second storyline with the court. And anyway, it went – it was like another hour. You know what I mean? So – a part of me felt too like long for any movie. I don't have the attention yeah, span so for a three hour movie. I felt it was a little bit too long, but a part of me said, Well, how would you edit this? And right. I mean, I guess that's the tricky part. I mean I mean whoever I'm not sure if Chris, I'm I'm assuming Christopher sat down with his editor. I'm not sure who it is. Um but this I, I think it would have wow, it's just I, mean, I, I edited some of my short films. I, I was exhausted. We edited right. our videos. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we're exhausted. I can't even imagine. Uh, no, it, it this must be of, a nightmare to sit through an editing session. That oh. probably takes forever. Uh, man, like I like you said, Pete, that was a great example. Like Quinn's movies, even though they're told out of order, if it just more has a linear feel to it. Yep. You know, and this, wow. I mean, His God bless never feel. His movies, in my opinion, are always all over the place. And you can follow them, but it's like, Sometimes when I watch a movie, I want to sit back and kind of relax a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This can't in his movies. <laughs> this is after like yeah, that that is not that kind of movie. during his movies. It's just right. yeah, it's a lot. I do feel at one point in the film, I guess this is, this is like positive. Is like I said, Murray told the first half hour gets a little like, whoa, you kind of all these things are happening, but when you meet Matt Damon's character, I feel like the movie all of a sudden like kind of just settles down. Like okay, his character also Matt Damon brings a lot of like. Like a looseness, which the movie right. definitely needed. He gave it some levity. He gave him like gave us some personality. Because at that point, it's very stoic, you know, kind of thing. So he definitely brings the charm. And I think I think he's almost there to actually help the audience kind of understand, you know, kind of hold our hand through it. Um, right. But um, yeah, this has a. And I think he gave the movie more of a like. I think this movie definitely has like a documentary somewhat type feel. And I think he Matt Damon's character definitely gave it more of a cinematic feel. If that makes any sense. But I, I hear what you're saying. One of the things I think about for Christopher Nolan, I think his movies or just the way he tells a story, I think it would lend itself better to like a prestige format TV show, you know, yeah. on a Netflix where it could be a six episode massive yeah. series instead of just one long movie. Yeah. He crams so much into a three hour movie and it becomes exhausting where if he had a five or six episode maxi series on a streaming service, you can make six 45 minute long episodes, tell the story the way he wants without it just being so overbearing and so right. jam packed. I, I think his storytelling style would work better in a longer format. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't think he would ever do that. No, I, I don't think he would either. Think he's very much of a film guy. And this guy yep. still films on film. On film, yeah. He's <laughs> so, not doing anything digital. He's like a diehard. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Know. He probably wouldn't. You never know. Because I think Quentin now, I think he's actually working on a uh, television series. Yeah, I think he is too. And, mm -hmm. you know, for the longest time, no, no one would have thought Tim Burton would have made a, movie, a TV show. And now he's yep. in. I, I think, I, I just think the way it, you know, Hollywood is heading, more of these guys that were anti-TV are yeah. changing their mind because TV isn't what it used to be. Yep. You know, it's it's a much different ball game now. People used to think TV was like soap operas and sitcoms. Yep. Now it's become something much different and I think these filmmakers are willing to tell long, you know, long format stories and on TV more than make a movie. It, it's becoming different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and I just to go back to the um, um, the length, I think you could make this. I think the only way to make this movie shorter is if you wrote it a little bit differently. I guess that's like, you know looking. I guess it could have added some scenes right. out, you know, to cut it down, but it would be minuscule. You know, it'd be like five minutes because you have to tell the story right. given the way that it's written. Um, but I mean, that's sort of really only the negatives. You know what I mean? And I. I see people review it. I don't really agree with this. Like saying, oh, it's it's emotionally cold. I'm like, this is a movie about a bomb. <laughs> right. What do you want it to be about? <laughs> you know, the happy-go-lucky? It's like that kind of movie. And um, I think his movie, like, is there like a – I'm not the, the guy's a big fan of Stanley Kubrick. Obviously, you could you – know, you know, I think this definitely has an influence of Dr. Strangelove for sure. You know, that's in there. You know, Dr. Strangelove is almost somewhat of a comedy. It's, it's, you know, uh, so – uh, it definitely has that kind of not the comedy aspect, but the, with the uh, you know the subject matter and um, yeah. But this movie, like I said, I always talk about tone. It has tone's fine. Like I said, it's you know there's um, I guess we'll get into positives. You know, like I said, this movie is uh, um, I guess it's a very intense story. It's very good, very interesting. You know, some stuff I never knew. You know, um, it almost felt like you know I see a lot of people say things that you you did feel it. It's like there's so many. What a cast, you know what I mean? Some of them are just for cameos. It just shows you how much of a demand he people want to work with him. I started interview with Matt Damon. He told his wife, like, his wife asked him, like, look, I want you to take off from acting this year. Maybe they want to go on vacation, you know? And he right. says, honey, I will do it. But if Christopher Nolan, for some reason, reaches out to me, I got to do it. She said, fine. Luck would have it. <laughs> I guess there goes their vacation. But um, maybe now he's going to take a break, Matt Damon. But anyway, I just wanted I there's so many to name, but dude, I mean, not only is it a dream team of actors, but they all acted well. Every, this is like a master class. Everyone was firing all pistons. And Killian Murphy, the guy's definitely gonna be nominated for for an Oscar. You know, he was awesome. He's always he was always his his whole career. He's amazing that guy. Um, Robert Downey Jr. He was great. Um, he's such an interesting choice for a movie like this. He has a lot of range as an actor. Like yeah. You don't always see him in these real serious type of roles anymore. Yeah, and I think look, he doesn't need to do movies. I mean, he's made his bazillions, yeah. but obviously he wants to do a movie like this. He reminds me of his character, especially towards the end. He reminds me of Peter Sellers, no, the, the guy in uh, Doctor Strange. You know, yeah. You know, so uh, almost kind of somewhat looks like him, you know. But he was great. Um, Emily Blunt, I think she's one of the best actresses of today. She was awesome. Uh, Florence Pugh, she was great. She has a small role, but she's awesome. Uh, Gary Oldman's in it for a, sh- uh, a short, hot second, but he was awesome. Um, I think his name's Kenneth Ragan. I think he's mm-hmm. he was the director of Thor and the other things. He was in uh, the second Harry Potter film. Um, he was great. I got this guy go. I, I thought this guy retired. I thought he went into abyss. His name. Remember Josh Hartnett? Yeah, I do. Dude, he was great in this film. First of all, like, he still looks, he's still good-looking, but, like, he's so much, like, remember, like, for so long, you know, he's an older man now, like, he kind of had that boyish good looks. Now yeah. he's, like, this, like, older, gentlemanly, and he looked great, but he, dude, he was a phenomenal man. He, he was, was in Pearl Harbor, right? Yeah, yeah. And he dude, was, this like, was like about bombs. Yeah. <laughs> right, but, dude, he was awesome in this film. I mean, like, I feel like his voice was different. He was, he was awesome. I mean, this 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 movie's definitely gonna get in parts again. You know, maybe he was kind of typecasted as like the you know romantic com whatever it is kind of thing. But 
Whoa, he was great. Like I said, I can't. The acting was awesome in this film. Um, dialogue was great. You know what I mean? It's you know, it's well written. Honestly, it's a well written film. Um, I do like this. There's a lot of surreal moments. Like I said, some of those things, like I said, with the particles and the bombs going off, it could be a little jarring, maybe because the music was kind of like, poof, right. you know. But um, I kind of like that kind of stuff sometimes. You don't really see it anymore, you know. So, so there's some quasi horror, psychological stuff. I don't want to spoil. It. Those were cool scenes. Um, there's some nudity. I'm not saying I'm not promoting it because it's nude, you know, but. You know, it's another thing. Almost like you don't have, like I talk about, there's no romance in films. So I, I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of, you know, like I, you know, you see, you know, you see Killian Murphy nude. You see, uh, you know, Florence Pugh nude. And it wasn't like they're trying to sexualize him. It's a part of the story. I just felt, I can't explain it. Just, in fact, I can't relate to my source seeing a movie like that, that, you know, that. I felt it was important. I gave the movies right. more complexity, and, and I felt like we don't have that kind of. And it wasn't gratuitous, right? It was not yes. like No way, no way, no way. Um, and everything. I think the last sex scene that kind of stuck in my mind, which was the complete opposite of this, it was totally insane. You ever see a uh, Gone Girl? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. the part when she kills that. That yeah. that, that was wild. But that's nothing. That's not open. That's not this movie. Not this movie. But, uh, that's the last movie I can think of that, like a nudity scene that was like, whoa. This movie right. was like more of like obviously part of the character and everything. Um, I really like the ending of this movie, kind of like Nolan fashion, where the the you know it ends where it begins, kind of thing. And it's like, oh, like a reveal, kind of remind me of like the Prestige kind of thing. Um, uh, and I, I think I said, given like I know there hasn't been many movies out this year that's in this kind of caliber you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it's probably the best movie of the year like i said it's it's you know like i guess i would recommend if you're a christopher nolan fan see it if you're into like you know like these kind of movies that are like where you like if you like 12 angry men my brother kind of gave that was that was his i know in other podcasts and red letter media they kind of did the same thing that kind of has that tone like red letter uh, oh my god 12 angry men kind of feel and um yeah, I, I can't. I really can't really break its balls. Like I said, it's for what it is. It's, it's, it excels for what it is, and I think, especially movies, you're at its best when you know what you are. And this movie right. knows what it is. This is this is a movie about this man who made this bomb, who got into this scenario with this other guy, and that's it. It's not a, but it's a very good movie. I would definitely recommend it if if you want to see. You know, I'm trying to think. You know, for someone like you, PJ, maybe I would probably say see it at home. You know, right? That's what I didn't see it in the theaters. Yeah. I do want to see it because I, I think the whole Oppenheimer story is very interesting. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I do want to see it, but I said I know if I go to the theaters and I spend this much money to go to the theater, I'm probably going to leave feeling the same way I do every time I watch a yeah. Nolan movie, and I just yeah. couldn't bring myself to sit through it. I, I But I do want to see it just based on the story alone. The Oppenheimer story is so interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so and- important to history. Yeah, and it's a really, like I said, it's it's a really well-made move. So I would recommend it. Like I said, I still stand by it. 8.5, 9 out of 10. Very, very good. Very, very good. You know, like I said, don't walk into this movie expecting action. This is a right. dialogue, 100% dialogue-heavy film. But Well, I would say that of all of his movies. I know right. people don't agree with me. I don't think <laughs> any of his action-y movies are very action-y either. So mm-hmm. you made an interesting point uh, when, a little bit earlier. You were talking about it's very dialogue-heavy. And you were saying how it's very um, – people were talking about the tone of the movie and yeah. saying it's very flat. I, I I obviously haven't seen Oppenheimer, but just talking about his other movies, yeah. right? I, I describe his movies like a if, – if you were to compare his movies 
to a, a piece of silverware. Right. His movies to me are a butter knife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Like they're, they're not, they're dull. I find them all to be dull. And again, not, not a technical standpoint. When you look at his yeah, movies, yeah, yeah, they yeah. look great. You know, I'm just talking about, I don't feel like he ever fleshes out his characters. I think he comes up with a premise and he comes up with a, an idea for a movie. And he, this is just the impression I get of his movies. He tries to let the idea and the premise and the theories that he's come up with be the star of the film instead of making the characters interesting enough to carry those, those ideas out. Yeah. So I never connect with the characters in the movies that he puts out. And if you can't connect with the character, it's very hard to sit through. And all of his movies tend to be on the longer side. It's tough to sit through two and a half, three hours of a movie if the characters are dull. And, th and that's kind of how I feel about most of his movies. And, and, and I'll take Tenet. I don't know if you said you hadn't seen Tenet. I haven't seen that yet. I had to watch Tenet three times. And that was, <laughs> oh, God. It was, the, here's why. Here's why. The first time I had to watch it, I fell asleep. I said, I'm not, I couldn't do it. I started too late in the evening to watch that movie, and I fell asleep on it. So then I said, I'll try again to watch it. And then the second time, I just kept getting distracted by anything that wasn't that movie because it just was not – it just wasn't holding my attention. And then the third time, I forced myself. I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to sit in front of this TV and, and get through right. it. And I did, and it was just so laborious to get through that movie. And by the end of it, I'm like, I didn't care about any of that movie. I, I couldn't even tell you now what the plot of it was. There's a machine, right. and they go in the machine, and they don't actually ever explain where the machine comes from or how it works. It's just mm -hmm. go through the machine and pop out in reverse. I, it was just it was very pretentious. All of his movies think so highly of themselves, and I don't find they have the substance behind it. Um, the same thing with like Inception. I I know people love Inception. Right. Yeah. I watch it and I'm like, oh, we're it's a it's a movie about dreams because we're all sleeping. Right. <laughs> of course, it's a dream within a dream. You dream that about that movie because you fall asleep watching it. The next thing, like I was watching that movie, and the next thing I know, we were on a snowy mountain. That's right. right? Yeah. I'm like, why am I here? Right. Why right, are we right. on a snowy mountain? How do we get to this? What are we doing? Oh, now we're in a now we're in some exotic hotel land, and we're looking at it. Oh, now we're here. Like there was no no connective tissue to that movie. I just felt right. like it was ideas for scenes that he thought would be cool, and he popped them into a movie. Didn't care about how the characters got to where they were. Didn't explain why the characters did what they do. And I feel that way about most of his movies. I like I said, I did like Memento quite a, quite a bit. But yeah. then I think back, I'm like, all right, well, that was another movie in reverse out of order. He's sort of a one-trick pony. Is every movie going to be that he finds a new interesting way to tell something backwards? Like right, he's right. not doing different <laughs> things. I, I, I don't know. Again, technically great. Storytelling-wise, falls flat. Like I said, he, if, he's a, if he is a kitchen utensil, he's a butter knife to me. Right, right, right. That's, dude, and, and, PJ, that is a very, 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 very fair um, – critique on because i think i agree with a lot of those points i agree i think i agree with all that i think i think what makes him special for me is i think his storytelling is very much like influenced by stanley kubrick his mm -hmm. films can be very devoid of like yeah. like you know i want to say i think it's different emotions and you know i think 
he already goes for the more cerebral uh, right. approach, and um, I feel like a lot of Michael Mann, you know, like the insider, Les Mohicans, right, those kind of feel. Heat, uh, you know, he was a huge influence on The Dark Knight. Um, even David Fincher, I get David Fincher vibes from him. Um, no, I think, look, I think with Christopher Nolan, like, you know, he brought. I was talking about this like he's like a league of his own. No, he kind of he kind of does his own thing. Say so everyone he has does to do his own thing. So there's no one else making nope. a Christopher Nolan movie but Christopher yep. Nolan. There yep. are other people where you can watch a movie and it could be anybody who made that movie. You can't say that about him. He he does have his own style, his own techniques. They're they're right. unique to him, but yeah, I they fall flat all the time. And I think yeah, everything you said is fair. I think for me, I think. What I like about his films, I like that you have to think. I think it's just, I think it's pretty because most movies are driven, which is fine with, uh, you know, I'll say the emotional component. Yeah. You know, but emotions are, I think about emotions are all very varied. And sometimes, you know, I think from him, he wants to channel, like you think about, I guess, I just go back to Stanley Kubrick. You see a movie like The Shining. You know, it's really kind of a dull film, but right. it's told from a different type of fear. You know, like that other kind of like. Right. It is. It's. It's like you said. More cerebral is a good way of putting it. That's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah. So I think you know, and he. Ex- I think he really excels at it. And I gotta say, every time I got, I think we both can agree on this. All of his films, you know, you know, they're gonna be interesting. You know, I know. Yeah. They, I know you say they're gonna be. I know what you mean by the dull. I get that. Yeah. I, I totally no, they're gonna have interesting ideas in there. His ideas yeah. are great. It's the execution of those ideas where I think he fails. I think he struggles with characterization. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. To, and yeah. that's, I think, yeah. where, for me, the dullness comes from. I'll, I'll just, I'm not going to make this a whole Dark Knight trilogy episode, but just to touch on it, because it is a Nolan yeah. film. If you if you know Batman, and then you go into those movies, right? They're not Batman movies. He doesn't get the characterization right. And those are characters that are already established. He didn't have to figure out who the character of Batman was. Right. That's given to him. And he still couldn't get that character right. So then if he's on left to his own devices, if you I think that's his big struggle is the characterization of of all of the he gets great cast. You're getting a cast of of just all stars in all of his movies, but then I just feel like he doesn't utilize them to their fullest potential. He doesn't give them anything worth working with. And I don't know. I just how I feel about him. I I do yeah. agree though, his movies all have interesting plots and interesting premise. I just yeah. don't think I don't think he lets the actors and the characters tell the story. I think he lets his idea be the star. And right. I, or the story I'm, itself be the focus. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, to slightly kind of not switch gears, but I'm just thinking about his catalog of films right now. And for me, you know, I'm just thinking about them. I'm trying to think of them in, in, in order. But, like, I never saw a following. But, like, Memento. Like, that's, we'll go yeah. down here, like, Great film, I recommend that. You I know, would too. I, I would think, absolutely recommend that movie. I think his next film. This is a this is a forgotten gem. If you never saw Insomnia? it, Insomnia. Yes, I. It's another good movie. I do like Insomnia. Yeah, and I think that like, I think what I think I think I'm trying to pinpoint here is the writings. I think some of these he wrote with his brother. I think other, like you know I think some of the better maybe the ones you're more into are ones both bleh, based off books like. Right. Uh, but Insomnia is great, folks. You haven't seen that movie? It's with uh, Al Pacino. Robin Williams. Robin Williams is great. Uh, and um, what's her name? Oh, God. What's the girl from uh, Million Dollar Baby? What's her name? Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. That's a great movie, folks. Yeah. Check that out. Um, I think it was Batman Begins. I like Batman Begins Ooh. a lot. I, uh, <laughs> if I never see Batman Begins again, it would be too <laughs> <Okay. good. laughs> 
Um, I think after that, I'm going by memory here. I like The Prestige. So The Prestige was a movie I wanted to love because I'm into the whole magic idea. But I again, I think the idea was there and the plot could have been something very interesting. But then I think it just fell apart in execution. I, I couldn't get into it. And again, I think the characterization was very flat, very dull. The uh, it just if the the concept I think of the Prestige out of all of his movies, I think the concept of the Prestige might have been his best. Yeah, and the movie the movie fell apart for me there. Uh, for me, I love that film. I love the whole you know you know Christopher uh, Christopher uh, Christian Bale versus yeah. you know Jackman and yeah. kind of like their rivalry and i don't know i for me i think that movie is really cooking man i think my only beef with that film was the ending, the ending? i don't want to spoil for ending yeah, i know people are like well, is this is isn't a sci-fi and science fiction film i yeah. thought it was really more of a but regardless um i think that's how it is in the book i'm not sure but uh that, that i think that movie's great i think it's really great and i think after that's the dark knight um i think your are you think your homie though uh uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Smith. Oh yeah. Calls it the Godfather too, right? Of uh, comic book films. Well, he could be wrong. <laughs> uh, look, here's the thing with these dark. Again, I don't want to make it a full Dark Knight yeah. uh, episode, but it, they are among his most popular and and biggest uh, movies. So it's tough to have, talk about him and not spend a little bit of time on these movies. The, if you, the, the Dark Knight Rises. I think out of the three is the best. It is it is definitely the best. I don't love the Joker in that movie. I know shock or boo. I know he's he's not the Joker to me. He doesn't come across as the Joker. I think he's a great character for a movie. The way Heath Ledger crafted that. If you didn't call that character the Joker, it, if that character's name was anything else, right? And you watch that movie. Would you watch that and say, this character is very reminiscent of the Batman villain, the Joker? Yeah, but I think given the, I was talking about the tone, like, uh, we just talked about Christopher Nolan. This is a guy, like, he's not going to make, like, a Tim Burton-y kind of guy. And, but uh, you were hired to make a Batman movie, so then. Right, but, but he I, made a true, that movie's like a, like a, true, that's like a, like a, it's really a crime thriller, if anything, you know? It's, yeah, that's, but it's, that. I just feel like if you, if you're making a, a Batman movie. Then the characters in that Batman movie should feel like the Batman characters. And for me, if if that guy was wearing instead of wearing all black, let's say he wasn't wearing all black, mm-hmm. he was wearing a different color, and his his mask didn't have pointy bat ears on it. Okay, you would not watch that movie and say this guy reminds me of Batman because it doesn't. It just doesn't remind you of Batman. He has none of the characteristics of Batman. That Joker has none of the characteristics of what the, makes the Joker the Joker. And, and that's why I don't love those movies. I think they're actually probably some of his best movies if it wasn't a Batman movie. Right, okay. Fair. I think Fair. as a Batman movie, they fail. Um, the, the Dark Knight Rises, the third one, is borderline awful. I, I, I mean... The plot of that movie is so ridiculous. I mean that. I mean that's definitely the weakest out of them. But it's still, I still enjoy that movie. I think people pick on it way too much. That movie's not. That is not a bad movie though. That is not Tom a bad Hardy's, movie. Oh, I think it's awful. Tom Hardy's Bane is painful. There's a video online. 
on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, you should you should look for it. But they said that where they they over they put his voice with like eating bagels and everything yes, like that. The yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, and it's so funny because it's so true. It that's how that movie plays. Right. I I, I also what I do like about those movies is they really take the plot of the 1966 Adam West Batman movie and they they sort of base those movies on that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do appreciate that he went back and and drew some inspiration from those uh those Adam that Adam West movie. I do appreciate that he did that. I think I I think uh Anne Hathaway is probably my favorite Catwoman. Wow. Go give her that. I think I, I think she was great in that role. I, in terms of who's the best one, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely, but, yeah. But I, I think just she's up there though because I think Anne Hathaway took a part that was again could have been dull, and I think she's just such a great actress that she elevated that role. And yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, but yeah. I think overall, Dark Knight Rises is is one of the worst movies in his catalog. Right, I think that's fair. Like I said, we'll go on a deeper dive in the future. You yeah, know? I yeah. kind of want to just ramble up, but I disagree with some of those. But I think after that, I think which I think these next couple of films are are important. So I think they changed the game in terms of all cinema now. Is Inception, yeah, um, Interstellar. I haven't seen that. Interstellar is cool. I think that's actually a little. Some that movie's not as. I think it's very good. I think it's a little bit more on the weaker side at certain points, but that movie's very good overall. Um, like I said, Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, uh, which is a great war film, you know, uh, really good. I think I feel like Dunkirk is one of his best. You can rival this is better than Oppenheimer. Um, but I want to talk about Inception real quick. And not about the movie. I just want to talk about the impact of that movie on, I feel like, everything. You know, it changed. Uh, yeah. If, you didn't, if yeah. you didn't have Inception, you wouldn't have Doctor Strange. No way. If you didn't have um, Inception... I mean, it changed video games. I can't. There's so many things it, that we're we'll talk did. about. You know, I think Rick and Morty somewhat made a goof on it, like a simulation within a simulation. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that movie. The Rick and Morty lot, episode man. is better than the movie. Right, right, right. But I'm just talking about for real though. Just, I just want to. I guess right now, PJ, I want to just kind of focus on like his. Christopher Nolan has impacted. I mean, look, we know Hollywood is a uh, you know, whatever's popular, they they take it and they just. Yeah duplicate it man they just clone it you know and i think like just real quick so you have inception that whole idea about dream within dreams even the mm -hmm. effects of like things going like this and that yep. you know you know me like christopher no this is his thing but everyone kind of it stole it like i like when we have opening credits he kind of not doesn't does he, he shows the main title at the end yep. spider-man does it now you know yeah from there doing he's it he's a trendsetter I mean, everyone's. That's not his fault. That's just no, you know, no, no. Hans not Zimmer true. with the. It's in every. Everything. <laughs> I mean, wow. I mean, I think I think Christopher Nolan made Hans Zimmer Hans Zimmer now. Because, I, so. I mean, Hans Zimmer was already huge. He already did Lion King. He did Gladiator. He did great soundtracks. The guy was always talented. But he, but he wasn't like, a household name. No way. He no, made. No, I agree with he that. He into that, and a lot of people still from Christopher Nolan now. Even like the. Even like if you didn't, they even said it. Uh, Iron Man one wouldn't exist basically without Batman Begins, you know. So uh, his impact though has been his impact. Insane. He had a big impact. I mean, you he, can put on every well-respected filmmaker for a reason. Uh, I mean, 
yeah. you know, take the, my, my, my personal preferences of how movies are made out of it. I mean, like I said, you, you can't take away the guy's talent. He is a, a, a very good filmmaker. He, he's technically yeah. sound. He, he executes, you know, his, his ideas the way he wants in a, in a, in a way that they're, you know, they're good. They're, he's a good, good, good filmmaker. His movies look great. You know, just a cinematography yes. point of view. I mean, they they look great. He has oh, a man. vision. He has a vision for what he wants on the screen, and, and he executes it. It it's just for me. It's just like I said, a personal preference for how he tells the story. Yeah. I, but but you can't take away the fact that what he's done in movies has influenced so many filmmakers. And yeah, he really he really is innovative on, on a lot of what he does. I mean, yeah, you know the the Bane scene where they're in that helicopter, and and that's. That was fantastic. The the whole Dark Knight Rises that scene where they break in. Uh, I mean, the Dark Dark Knight not Rises, the second one. Right, Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Yeah, yeah. What with the Joker breaking into the bank, that whole scene, like, yeah. the, the, when he's on point, he's on point. He can vi- he can tell a visual story very very well. Yeah, I think the last dude that really changed the industry was like Quentin Tarantino in terms of like writing that whole style and. I think you know Christopher Nolan is that guy now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I'm not diminishing other people who are really good. Like, um, you know, people bite off like Wes Anderson a little bit. You know, I Dick mean, I love Fincher. a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, there's yeah. There's, I mean, all those De- Dennis Villeneuve, right? You know, the guy does Dune. I love Blade Runner 2049. But I mean, I feel like man, Christopher Nolan's films have just they just really. I feel like you, they're in almost. I feel like they're almost in every movie. Something has been impacted. I'm like, can someone just put their title together in the film, please? Stop doing it at the end. You don't need to do that. Right. You know? it's not even. It's not even help the story. You know what I mean? It doesn't even. Just doing it for the sake of that. That was popular. Doing the same crap. You know. There are some filmmakers who are cut above the rest for a reason. I think another filmmaker that gets. Uh, ripped off or they try to rip him off is uh taika watiti yeah 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 he's another guy that has a very unique you know voice in his movies and people try and replicate that and it doesn't work because they're not just not as quirky as him he did that movie uh jojo rabbit i haven't seen it Mm -hmm. that's a movie that i i thought was great i loved it and the only reason why i bring it up is it's another movie that sort of a it's not based on a true story, but it's a period piece. You know what I mean? It yeah. takes place during that World War II time frame. And it's a completely different style of, of storytelling. But for me, it's just so much more entertaining than the way the, that, that it's told. Yeah. Uh, you know, but there, that's another guy, though, that does have an interesting voice that people are trying to rip off the same way they try to rip off Nolan. And you can't. Some of these filmmakers need to learn to just be themselves because you can't be Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I don't know we're, we're running out of time out of our lunch period, but I guess the last thing I want to talk about, and um, I'm just curious about UPJ, is you know right now, right now we didn't get a chance to see Barbie, but you have these two movies that are like the Barbenheimer. All they this couldn't be more opposite. Yeah, and you know you've seen so many people, and you know you know they're seeing like two movies in the same weekend. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I used to do that. As I'm trying to think, yeah. like. I think I saw like X Men three, and then I saw like ah, something else, like the next day. You know, I can't remember whatever is in that time, like two thousand three, two thousand five, whatever it is. And um, I don't know. And so that I'm just saying, that I think that helped the you know the movie industry. Hopefully, these look at you know Barbie too. Obviously, that's not really geared towards us, but it's nice seeing these two different kind of movies 
being made. I think we need variety. You know what I mean? And I think, being successful. Yeah. Because right? no. it just shows that there's variety is needed in these movies. What, what I will say about you know Oppenheimer being a big hit and Barbie being a big hit, and, and coming from me, we spent the whole episode, our last episode about Comic-Con. Yeah. I am so tired of, of comic book movies. Yeah. Because right, and it's because they all feel very much the same. Yeah. And these two movies won't feel very much the same yeah. as a comic book movie. They're not the same as each other. These are two big movies having a big impact that couldn't be more different. If you were to see both of these movies in the same weekend, you, you would get two different experiences. You yeah. would leave feeling two different ways. Hopefully, positive on both of them. But I, yeah. I just think it's nice to see more variety in the theater. Because for a while, you could go to the movie theater and it would be like a DC movie, a Marvel movie, and some off-the-beaten-path independent comic book type movie. And they would all feel very similar because they're all comic book movies. It's nice to see two big releases, very unique unto themselves, being released at one time, drawing different types of people to the theaters. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, the problem, especially with the comic books, they're just oversaturated. You know, they need to scale right. it back. Yep. We do one, two a year, really boost it up because everyone was so boosted up about Barbie. Everyone was like, so they did a great job with that. I think if you less is more, man, that's kind of the, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I really I mean, think there's a reason a guy like Christopher Nolan doesn't pump out, you know, yeah. six movies over two years. He, he, his movies, he makes a movie. He spends the time and crafts the time to make a movie the way he wants. And it takes him two, three years or whatever it is to get his next movie out. And you can see it in his move in his movies that they're not the same. It, they feel very, I don't know. I just feel like you're right. Less is more. They're not oversaturated with Christopher Nolan type movies. So when they come out, they feel more special. Yeah. And I think actually you make a good point too. It's like, I think you could tell when a movie took its time to be made like Barbie, you know, you could tell they took their time to be made. And that's like, Hey, Avatar didn't come out for like, what was it 12 years, man? Something like that. It was insane. Whatever it was. But hey, sometimes I hope, I mean, I understand these students that want to make money, which I get. You know, I always say that. I hey, get it. But <laughs> but sometimes, you know, if you take your time, you'll you'll get it back. And I might stand a new, start a new trend. You know, I'm not sure you get a bunch of movies about making the H-bomb, you know, but, <laughs> but you might get more variety. You might get like, you know. Maybe more war movies. Maybe you get, I don't know, something just different, you know? And the other thing is, these movies and Oppenheimer is going to make just a shit ton of money for the studio, and they're going to make money off of it. Just look at Warner Brothers, right? How many of their movies have they pumped out in a relatively short amount of time, and they've all been giant flops? The Flash, giant flop. Um, Harry Potter ones too. Harry Potter oh, ones. Well, the Fantastic Beasts, I just said. The Fantastic Beasts. They're not I making any money, but you keep pumping them out, and you're losing money on all of them. So why not take your time, release one movie that's really good, and it's going to get a, a, a big amount of money for you? Why not do it that way? Isn't that better than having a bunch of unsuccessful films? Yeah, and then you can then you can test the market. Okay, this is what people want, and then you can you know plan ahead. And I think these. I think this, I think this movie. Uh, Oppenheimer was cheaper to make than like, you know, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, The Flash, you know, and you know, it's, it's uh, they make a ton of money. Yeah, or even Barbie. I don't think Barbie's, you know, I don't know how much that was made, you know, right? But, but I can't imagine it being, you know, tons of <laughs> expensive to make. Right. It couldn't have been. 
it's making tons of money. And I mean, I've only seen the trailers, but it doesn't look like they pumped in a huge budget to, uh, yeah. to make that movie. There's no, there's no big CGI effects, big stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but PJ, thank you for listening to my, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will watch Oppenheimer. I, yeah, I, I think, you know, like I said, I guess to, to conclude it, like I said, folks, if you're into Christopher Nolan, you'll, you'll like it. If you're curious about – if you're into history, you'll definitely enjoy it. If you're a Brent Mary, much of a like a film lover and want to experience this kind of movie, check it out. If not, I would recommend it, seeing it at home. You might probably like it more if you watch it from home. You could take your time. You know, maybe, watch, maybe watch two hours, take a break. You'll know. Trust me, folks, when you – You'll know when that third act comes. Hit pause, eat a sandwich, come back. You'll definitely enjoy it more. So, but it's a very good movie. I definitely recommend it. One of his best, really. On on, a te- on, a, on all firing pistons. I don't know about in terms of entertainment. You know, I mean, it is entertaining in a different kind of way. You know, this isn't like I know you're not into Inception or the other ones, but I said this isn't like an action film. But anyway, I still recommend. Very good film. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, folks. We'll. Uh, Thanks for always, uh, uh, you know, checking us out, and we'll see you in the future. Uh, same time, same table. Have a good one. Boys and girls, lunchtime is over. Please visit PJ and Mike's website, coolkidslunchtable.podbean.com, for more information. Follow the boys on all social media apps. Just search Cool Kids Lunch Table Podcast. Now get to class before you get detention. Open Gangnam Style.